Hello, welcome to the Richard Herring podcast feed powered by ACAST Plus. Thanks so much for listening to these. Do tell your friends if you enjoy them. The Can I Have My Ball Back Tour is back on the road this week. We're in London on the 7th in the Bloomsbury Theatre and Leicester Square Theatre on the 9th. I've got quite a lot of tickets to sell for both of those, so if you're in London, please come along. Then the 13th in Cambridge, few tickets left for that one. Uh, Leicester on the 14th, Leeds on the 15th. Uh, Salford on the 16th, Newcastle on the 17th, which is sold out on the website, but I think there might be a few more tickets to release. Uh, So do come along if you want to see me talk about my balls and one of them not being here anymore. It's a very funny show. Four star reviews in the Telegraph and the Standard. Um, Anyway, look, let's sit back, relax and enjoy another fantastic podcast from Richard Herring, the genius podcaster. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs coming off their parents plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig underwritten by golden rule insurance company they offer flexible budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals get more cool facts about united healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com hello there it's another bonus surprise rahalastapur coming out on a friday uh this one with rob rouse recorded at the long division festival in wakefield it's a goodie Look, we're doing loads more on tour. If you go to richtaring.com slash gigs, you can find out all about those all through the autumn. I'm also at the Edinburgh Fringe at the Newtown Theatre at 1.30 every day from the 2nd to the 25th of August. Not Mondays, though. I'm having those off, my fan friends. Uh, if you go to richtaring.com slash slash tour, you can find out who the guests are going to be. We've got Tony Slattery, Lucy Beaumont, loads more people than I can possibly mention here. And you could also find out about the tour, richtaring.com slash gigs, and see if we're coming to a town near you. We're adding gigs all the time. It's lots of fun seeing it live. Go to rahalaspa.co.uk for lots more information. And if you want to become a member and get some badges and stuff, you can do it there. It's good. All right, bye. Oh, don't, no, don't go. Come back. There's a podcast. It's with Rob Rouse. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Theatre Royal Wakefield. We're back for another week. Hope you met the last week's audience. Here's our man who spent the last week eating nothing but rhubarb. It's Richard Perry. Oh yeah! Thank you very much. Oh, you're lovely. Thank you very much. Welcome, welcome along, love. Thank you for coming and thank you for having me in your beautiful theatre again. Um, welcome to Richard Herring's lobotomizing surly teenagers podcast. Find the youngest person in the audience. They're usually about seventeen. Just cut bits of the brains out and see what happens. If you suck out the hypothalamus, that's always good fun. Though I was. I was in the rhubarb triangle, actually, this week, in the, in the grounds of the Pinderfield Hospital. And uh, 
There were nine antisocial crimes in just January 2019 alone. There were some young kids there mugging people. They call it Rahalastopos. I don't know if that's going to catch up. Now, I go to Wikipedia about most towns I come to, and most of them are quite uh, complimentary about the towns, but the wait... <laughs> you know, you can go to the shit towns website to find out stuff about the towns, but I mean, usually Wikipedia's quite kind, but there's a bit in with the Wikipedia of Wakefield saying the number of thefts from a vehicle offences and theft of a vehicle per thousand of the population was 7.9 and 3.9 compared... Uh, systematically, compared to the national average of 6.3 and 2.3. So your, your car crime is, is one and a half per, persons worse than the national average. And someone thought that was worth putting on Wikipedia. So that is, you should be pleased with yourself. Though violence versus another person is 15 compared to the national average of 16.7. Boo, you must try harder. Try harder, Wakefield. You'll be glad to hear your sexual offences are in line with the national average. Um, terrific um, uh, the, the big news is the ABC cinema is not being demolished uh, currently might be soon but you know if you start knocking down all the empty businesses in Wakefield there's not going to be much left so it's um, do be careful it's a beautiful city do come and visit <laughs> and of course uh, it's uh, Wakefield Prison which has had some inhabitants I don't think I really want to talk about I believe Dr. Harold Shipman killed himself in Wakefield, and, you know, I can understand why now I've been here. <laughs> Wakefield Prison. Uh, gives it, gave us the song, Here We Go Round the Mulberry Bush, didn't it? That's, that comes from Wakefield. There was a mulberry tree in the exercise yard of Wakefield Prison that died in May 2019. It's just died. Just I just didn't live to see... Just everything goes wrong here. Even the mulberry bush thought, fuck it, I'm not... Can't stand living in Wakefield any longer. I've put up with a lot of people around here, but now it's time to go. So uh, it's, let's not go into that. So, oh, well, before I crack on, um, I will just say uh, that I will be in the foyer after the uh, show. Uh, I'm very happy to say hello, have a selfie, uh, say, sign any kind of sign your bosoms, sir. Uh, if you... I just can see the Batman T-shirt, so I'm assuming. I can't see any more than that, but I'm assuming there's some bosoms under that. Uh, and, um... <laughs> makes sense. I am selling some stuff, so I'll quickly tell you what I'm selling, just so you've got an idea. My new emergency questions book, which I think we'll see a bit more of in this interview, uh, is, uh, is available. It's uh, 1,001 emergency questions in there you can try at home on your friends. Uh, I've also got the previous two emergency questions books... Uh, there's got 500 each in these there's regular emergency questions and Christmas emergency questions because it's never too soon for Christmas is it that's the way I look at it that's when you think about it it's every day's Christmas somewhere in the world isn't it so it's Uh, those are on offer if you buy all three together you can save about 13 quid Uh, there's my book How Not to Grow Up which Ricky Wilson during his interview said had turned his life around so Christ knows what his life was like before he read this. I mean, I don't... It could turn your life round in the wrong direction. It's about the year I turned for it. I sold... I usually sell about three copies of that. I sold about 50 copies of this in the Leeds. 
nearly ran out. Uh, and there's some DVDs as well. Uh, there is uh, uh, two shows, Happy Now and Lord of the Dance Seti. Very proud of both those shows. Uh, I've got a thousand of each of those in my garage. So if you buy both of those, they're only 15 quid. It's very cheap. Uh, and uh, no one wants DVDs anymore. Uh, and I've got my new DVD, Ofrig, I'm 50, which we only made a very few copies of. Uh, and that's got uh, two shows and uh, four discs altogether. Uh, and also, if you remember the show Fist of Fun, that is available. That's both series of Fist of Fun available on DVD there. Uh, the BBC wouldn't bring this out themselves. They said it was too funny. <laughs> I want to give the other shows a chance. So me and Stuart Lee and Chris Evans, not that one, had to buy this from the BBC ourselves. It cost us £50,000 just to buy the rights to put this out. <sighs> <laughs> nice if you bought that uh, some of the money from this will go to Stuart Lee um, uh, even though the same amount of money will go to me I'd still prefer it if you didn't buy that uh, and <laughs> if you want to help out the podcast we've also got some Rahalastapa <laughs> stickers uh, for £2 uh, there's a great one with an Amstrad emailer that I've stuck over the back of my Apple uh, computer which is fine until I took it in to be repaired and the man looked quite annoyed uh, and <laughs> I've got three different badges. Uh, one of them's a motorcycling one, a couple of ones from this podcast. But anyway, let's crack on with the show. I'll see you after the show if you want to say hello. That would be lovely. Staying in Wakefield tonight. And um, the uh, hotel costs £32 each. £32. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very much looking forward to my nights. <laughs> We're not in London anymore, but I, you know I've travelled the country, and I've, the last time I paid thirty-two pounds for a hotel was in about two thousand and four. So, uh, and, that, and that was in a, above, above a pub where someone the door had clearly been kicked in and repaired several times. So, fingers crossed, might not be in London ever again. And I don't live in London, so anyway, my guest this week. He's probably best known as Windy in the day they came to suck out our brains. That's why we're here to see... Find out all about that. And we will find out all about that. Will you please welcome the amazing Rob Rouse, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Rouse. Sit down. Make yourself at home. Hello. Hello there, my friend. How are you doing? I'm very well indeed. Good, good. I'd, I'd, I'd like to start with, I brought you some corporate gifts. Have you? Good. Because um, I think, that's, I, I never, I listen to this podcast many times, yeah. and uh, you never get given things. No. So I thought you deserve some corporate gifts. Oh, that's nice. And you were just talking about every day's Christmas. So I brought you some presents. <laughs> corporate gifts. Good, in this, see what they are before we this... get, oh, ah, I could be well, a lump of shit, probably. Here's <laughs> some poo I did earlier, thank you. Do you know, I'll take them back at you. You don't need them. You're close. Is You're it close. Rhubarb? Lump of poo wasn't, a, you know, as, as a marker. Yeah. It's if in it's the target. You're not far off. The if first it's a Tesco one. Tesco bag for life bag, I have to tell the people at home. So. Which looks like it's on its last legs yeah. as well. Does that mean it's almost dead? Yeah, but you can take that back and replace that with another one. But does anyone? No, that's the inherent <laughs> flaw with them. Uh, but yes, so the first one, the first one, here we go. That's, that's for you, Richard. Thank you. That is... Uh, well, can you actually... Can you guess what it is? Uh, it looks like basil. No. Okay. Is it marijuana? No. <laughs> um, That's the next one. Um, <laughs> it's a Brussels sprout plant. Oh, is it? You. Thank you. And, and I, I don't give these out willy-nilly, Rich. <laughs> okay. I don't just give these to any Tom, Dick and Harry, only to very special people. 
Uh, you're, in fact, you're, you and, uh, well, there's me neighbour Rosemary, she's got one. <laughs> okay. And my mother-in-law, Jean the Bean, she's, um, you don't know her, she's, um, <laughs> she's got one. But you, Jean the Bean and Rosemary, the only people with the Brussels sprout plant that I grew from um, a special seed. Thank <laughs> that you. That sounds rude, well, doesn't it? A special it? seed. Very was special it a, seed. Was it not a Brussels sprout seed? Yeah. Well, it's hard to tell, it was very dark, <laughs> but... Um, but that's your... Do you like Brussels sprouts? I do like Brussels sprouts. There you go. Well, you're in... You're in uh, you're how many, in how many there. sprouts do I get off one plant? Fucking millions, mate, off okay, that. Okay, cool. I tell you. <laughs> look, at, look at the quality of that. And that's... that's it's none of your shit. That, that's growing in Peak District soil. Good. So that'll... Uh, you know, you'll, you'll... I reckon at least... What? It's about 20 farts of sprout, isn't it? I reckon... Yep. World record-breaking attempt cool. in that very plant there. I don't need any help. Today, Which I, had, have you I, been had, I had lentil soup for uh, my wife. Made lentil oh, soup. That's she, be when she knows I'm going to be on the road and staying in a hotel. Yeah, she always makes sure I have some. But then legumes. you've only spent thirty-two quid on the hotel. Yeah, exactly. Just explained. So far away. Yeah, I would well, say I will. for thirty-two. Quid. I will probably improve the room. Let's <laughs> say, what did you do? <laughs> room service. <laughs> Well, thank you. That's, so that's your first corporate Well, that's gift. the first. That's yeah, very the second nice. one, uh, again, this is... Um, <laughs> I just brought a slightly smaller plant out <laughs> of a Tesco's bag and everyone laughed at it. That... Comedy's easy, thing. isn't it? Yeah, Comedy's really thing. easy. Yeah, it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is uh, a chilli plant. Oh, I love chilli. Homegrown from a very special seed, okay. Richard. <laughs> a very special spicy seed, that Good. one. Nice. And that is a Bangalore Whippet's Tail, because okay. you're in the north. Uh, chilli. Do we have any chilli fans out there? Yeah. Ah, right. Uh, the men sitting on the circular cushions. Um, <laughs> Do you know much? Do you know what? I've not had it grown a Bangalore with its tail. Do you know how many Scoville units that one is? No. no. <laughs> we don't know. We don't just, know. We just like them. We don't know enough about yeah. them. We don't know the statistics. So <laughs> that's a Bangalore with its tail. So Good. Well, I look forward that to that. fruit. I'm going to say August. Okay. I'll be in Edinburgh, but that's fine. Well, they'll stroke September. <laughs> and then the final one is. Um, again. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you would get that kind of reaction. <laughs> That is, I'm reliably informed that this, grown from seeds yes. again, very, very special very seed, special Richard. Seed. And uh, this is a bonsai tree, Danielson. Wow. That's a bonsai tree grown from a seed. And uh, I got them... <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little limp. It is a little the limp. limpest it tree of a seed. Well, we should have watered them. They need water. Oh, <laughs> shit, I've got water over my legs. Let's give them a little bit of water. And by the end of the podcast... Because it goes on now, what, 17 hours this? Yeah, we're a long time. Be absolutely ready to... Sorry, I've just squirted you your squirted phone there as well. There, so. Is it a tent? Is it waterproof? It's, uh, it, is, it is waterproof, yes. Oh, there we go, my jeans are. But, uh, yeah, that'll be... That, that, you've just got to look after that, like Mr okay. Miyagi. You've got to tend it regularly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it says bonsai tree. <laughs> Aren't trees more kind of barky? Yeah, I think they that. are, but they've got to grow from a plant into Do a they? tree, haven't okay. they? Has anyone ever grown a bonsai tree from seeds? Yeah. What the fuck do you know then? There we go. <laughs> sitting there like your experts on bonsai. That's not a bonsai. Fucking is it? Said it was on the packets. Um, <laughs> and I got that the seeds yeah. in uh, in Amsterdam. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I got them in Amsterdam uh, when my wife took me there for my birthday recently. So oh. that's genuinely a bonsai tree. So I hope that survives. And let me know how you get on with it. I will. I, yeah. I, you know, badly, I expect, because well, I, I kill most things. Well, I think... I'm, I'm amazed my kids have survived, but... 
the uh, we'll see how we do with the, the several murder attempts. <laughs> just not just incompetence rather than uh, deliberate uh, murder. Well, as long as you, they're still there, you know, you count them in, count them out. You I would do. Don't I would your job do. as a parent, haven't you? So, uh, <laughs> what do you remember about being in the day they came to suck out our brains? This was an internet comedy, right? James oh. Wren, do you remember it? James Wren. James Wren, Richard Glover. I, I'm worried that you were going to start asking me things about it stuff wasn't that long I ago. remember it. I did a thing with I them. I can't even remember jokes I've done. No. People tell me jokes that I did that I've forgotten. Yeah. Well, you were windy. I was windy. Might have been the sprouts. What, could have been, what was it called again? The day they came to suck out our brains. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. They must have sucked mine out because I have absolutely no memory of that right, whatsoever. Okay, good. <laughs> it's, it's good to have so much stuff and in it was, your CV. it was on the radio. No, I think it was an internet filmed series, I think. I think you were I mean, the I started star of it. in 1998, and that yeah. was pre-internet, wasn't it? I know, but this was in about 2005 or 2006. Like, no? Sorry, Rich, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a great interview. It's gone, mate, yeah. <laughs> Scott, just show me pictures and see if you can remember I can it. still remember that every detail she felt of each character she created over the last 50 years. Not me, Rich, I can't fucking remember anything, pal. <laughs> Ask me what I have for lunch. <laughs> I don't want to. Um, it was probably this. Lots of pressure off because I can't remember. Yeah. Um, look, look, you started out as a geography teacher. Do you remember that? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, I did. I started as a geography teacher yeah. uh, in, um, in Sheffield. Uh, but it was a series of defaults, my life, right, to that point. Because um, I think like most kids, when you do your careers uh, advice thing... You haven't got a clue what you want to be because you're a child, aren't you, for Christ's sake? That's the thing they forget at careers meetings. I'm a child. And also, like most of us, we've got this kind of genuine... Uh, it's an innate knowledge that ultimately work is shit, isn't it? It's, it's not something we actually want to do. Like, as most of us, if you've got families, we, we, you both probably both work if you're in a partnership, aren't you? You both work in order to, to earn money to pay for childcare so you can go to work to earn more money for childcare so you can go to work and you do that one for 50 years and then you die and that's life isn't it and most of us as teenagers we've got a good idea of that so yeah. careers advice is, is I, 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 I couldn't lock into it so I decided that my dad had just been sacked from his job at the time and I remember thinking I don't want to get sacked so I thought I'll be a teacher because they need teachers <laughs> and then I thought I don't know what to do because uh, I, I completely bolstered up the A-levels because um, I, I did quite well in my GCSEs because I was the second year when they made them easy because the government wanted them to work. And, uh, um, and I said, I don't know what to do because I was 15, I was an idiot, I lived in a village. And <laughs> just watching Vic and Bob and the young ones in the evenings on VHS. And my mum and dad said, well, just keep your options open. Do maths, chemistry and physics. I went, okay, as if that would be easy. And, um, and they were all really fucking hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They are, aren't they? Shockingly hard. <laughs> and I thought physics would be like space and stuff, but yeah, it wasn't. No. It, it was maths. And that was a fucking horrible shock. <laughs> because I was already failing maths. <laughs> so I was staring down the barrel of a kind of a double horrific failure. And I thought, you know, it's, um, how old are you when you do your A-levels? I can't remember that either. Oh, 18 when you do 16 when you start doing it, I thought, shit, my life's over. This is a mess. And, um, and then I, I dropped, managed to drop physics. There was some timetable issue, and I took geography. Right. And, uh, and, and found out that that it appeared to be common sense, because it's basically... Geography's... Uh, anyone do geography? 
Physical geography is mountains and rivers, isn't it? Basically, mountains slip down and get washed into the river, the sea. It's fucking over. That's geography. <laughs> um, there's rain and stuff like that. There's, you know, there's details, but also it's just hills <laughs> slipping back out into the sea. And then human geography is just asking people pointless questions in shopping centres. And it... <laughs> so so I, I got through. I got through. And then... Um, and uh, to console myself while I was struggling and failing at maths, and um, uh, I, I, did, I was doing a lot of Lego, because I lived in a village and girls hadn't been invented. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and then when I was doing the A-level general studies exam, there was like an exploded picture of a, a sewing machine. And uh, I thought, oh, this, is like a, this is like Lego. So I was able to do that. Right. And then there was creative writing and art in it as well and the art teacher said you should do art and the English teacher said you should do English and I went I'm going to do maths chemistry physics and keep my options open <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I scooted through on that and that got me into Sheffield right. and then um, and I just got I basically got drunk for three years Richard <laughs> so don't ask me about any of that I, I can't remember that either but I had a great time met a lot of fun people yeah. and then um, got bullied into doing a play in the third year after a breakup. And uh, we did The Country Wife, which I found quite impenetrable, because mm-hmm. I'm also thick. That's the other <laughs> thing as well. And um, I am a card-carrying uh, thick person. I'd show you that card, but I forgot it because I'm thick. And then... Uh, <laughs> but no, and I, I struggled with, with kind of... And, and then, anyway, the first night I was on stage and, and the set fell down. And it was just me on stage as Harry Horner. And it was almost like Harold Lloyd, the, the flats just fell down around me. So I just had to keep improvising on my own. And the laughs that I got doing that felt particularly juicy compared yeah. to the ones in the play. I mean, because it was, I mean, Christ, it was tedious. And um, <laughs> I couldn't understand it myself, and I was, I was saying the lines. And, and then something inside me clicked, and then the next year, some friends from the drama group were, were, running, a, were running a stand-up night for charity, and they said I should do it, and I did it. And, and I thought, I'm moving to London because that's the only place you can do it, and started doing it. So you did, were you teaching geography in London at the same time? No, no, I did, I, did, uh, I did two days of supply teaching, right. having fully qualified, which absolutely sealed the deal that I didn't want to be a teacher. <laughs> absolutely sealed it. And, and, and I, I don't side with that kind of thing. That, you know, when people say, you know, there's, there's a fallback joke, isn't there, if, if you've been a teacher saying, you know, kids are, you know, kids are, I don't want to say the C-bomb, it feels yeah. too early, it's a Sunday. And uh, we're in Wakefield, there's different uh, social mores about dropping the sea bomb. <laughs> yeah. We're not in fucking London now. <laughs> and, um, but, uh, and I remember, uh, so it was supply, and it was, uh, it was a Friday afternoon, and I was bussed in to a school on the edge of Sheffield somewhere to do a third-year geography class. And it was, it was absolute bedlam. It was insane. And uh, within two minutes, there was a fist fight that I had to break up. <laughs> And then um, I took one lad out uh, for something else. Took him outside. Said, go wait outside. I'll talk to you in a minute. Tried to just kind of somehow lock down the violence in the room. And in the intervening time that I'd, I got... Uh, he must have had half a minute in the corridor and he completely covered himself head to toe in uh, uh, quink. You know, the, the fountain pen ink. <laughs> and he was... So he was dark blue. Except for his eyes. And, uh, and his hands, everything, it was dark blue. And, it, it's, and I went outside to, you know, to give him like a, some form of a bollocking. And I couldn't, I just ended up in hysterics because this... <laughs> and he was permanent ink as well. So, so he, he was navy blue, but 
I mean, he could wash that, he'd try and get that off with cold towel soap, and he, he'd been a Smurf for at least a month. <laughs> and, and I just thought that there's something inherently absolutely hilarious yeah. about dicking about at school, isn't there? And, and that's what, yeah, it was always so much fun to do. And I was always one of those people who could, who could muck around and could always just, just about get away with it. And just sneak, sneak, sneak it round. I think. And, and, but the, I found it so funny, and I was just laughing with this boy in the corridor, uh, who who was blue. Yeah. <laughs> and I said to him, um, I said to him, I- I'm not going to tell you off because you've actually helped me work out that I want to move to London and be a comedian. <laughs> so go back in there. There's, we've just got to get through the next 45 minutes. And then I'm out of here, and, uh, <laughs> and you're going to be blue for at least a month. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then, I, and then and that was it. That was the decision made for me. And... <laughs> <laughs> I've never looked back. Imagine if that kid hadn't covered himself in ink. I He'd be a I can't, I can't remember his name, but I no. thank him for doing it yeah. from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> Uh, I, weirdly, I was about this the other day. I changed my A levels like about a term into. Did you? Yeah, I was. I was doing um, history, maths, double maths, in fact, and oh, physics. You fucking lunatic! What were and, you thinking? Uh, well, I was quite good at maths, but I was thinking I was going to do maths at university. Yeah, and like about. Oh, and, I and need then, to give. You, I might have to give you a wedgie now. Well, but I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't that really that good. My dad had been done maths, and I think I thought, oh, I should do like. And I was all right at maths, but I wasn't. That wasn't that good. I feel like I'm in a stress dream. <laughs> and then. But it's an amazing, bold decision I made. Half a term into it's the a first terrible term. decision, Richard. No, took, I went. All right, I, all right. I suddenly went. I don't want to do. I hated physics. So I want to do physics. Well, I hate it. I don't want to do maths at university. <laughs> and so I changed from physics to English and decided to do history at university. So because I was already doing history and I was good at history. But if I hadn't made that decision, there's no. My life would have been yeah. completely different. I wouldn't have gone to Oxford if I'd done maths because yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't very good in history and things like geography. You can, Get by so with you, just you balled being... up and went to Oxford. Yeah, well, I made a decision, and I was just thinking yeah. how much that decision halfway through, the, as a 17, 16-year-old, yeah. that that completely changed the rest of my life. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't have met Stuart. I wouldn't have done, yeah. you know, I wouldn't have done any of the stuff I did. It's crazy, isn't it? And and something in me went, no, you're gonna, you know, and and I don't, I, I, you know, to make that decision to change your A levels while you've started your A levels, yeah, is kind of a massive deal. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, certainly the decision I made stopped yeah. me crying every night. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I hated Get phys- out of physics. I think, like you, I hated physics. I've do you think, just... do you, Brian, have you interviewed Professor Brian Cox? Not yet, no, no. I'm you will do one day. Yeah, so. When he comes on, can you ask him if he secretly absolutely hates <laughs> physics? Because, <laughs> because he thought, it'd be all about looking at the universe. <laughs> and and they, maybe they just cut the edit after the end of each scene. You know when he, he stares longingly into the distance for a bit too long? <laughs> being all handsome and he's actually just thinking oh fucking hate physics it's all maths <laughs> I think everyone must hate physics and maybe when it gets to quantum physics it gets so boring it gets interesting again it might yeah. be that you round the yeah. fast infinity thing you've got to get to the hawking level yeah. You? <laughs> yeah. Something, oh. other than that it's, it's so fucking boring it's yeah. just just scientific calculator stuff yeah it was all, but you know what an amazing thing well, for both of us to make that decision. Both of us decided we didn't want to do physics anymore, and our oh. lives changed. <laughs> Aren't we amazing? We are Richard. amazingly fucking stupid. Aren't we amazing? We are amazing. <laughs> I'm going to try and get this water out without tipping it over myself. Yeah, don't worry, I can it. help you if you like. Sorry, right, I've done it. I'm here to help. Aren't you amazing? It doesn't matter. How amazing? <laughs> 
I've wet myself. I love all this, all this merch you've Thank got you, here yeah. as well. And Because uh, I was thinking of watching it at the side of the stage, thinking, no, you're a very funny man. Um, but also, I do like this new smart image. Thank you, well, you know. Yeah, you look like... It won't could, last. It looks like we're about to have a business lunch together. <laughs> <laughs> you look very smart. And I, was gonna take, I was going to take my tie off no, for I you like, to be a bit more casual like with you. I'd like you to keep it done okay. up really tight. It's really tight. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it done up really tight, bitch. <laughs> but you look, doesn't he look smart, ladies and gentlemen? You know, you look great. You say backstage, do you talk about your, your health and fitness on here? I've talked a little bit You look bloody it. magic, Rich. Thank I just well, want to say, you, you look bloody wonderful. Well, and I'm all delighted for you, you have to do is stop drinking alcohol, Wakefield. That's you it. Do. That's all you have to do. <laughs> and stop eating chocolate yeah. and walk the dog for an hour a day. That's all you have to do, and you'll be fine. I yeah. did a part, I've been doing a. Park run. Have you ever done park runs? Have you heard of this? No, I, I, so, my, my knees are terrible. Are they? And I think I've got arthritis in my big toes. <laughs> okay, well, don't <laughs> do it. all park going run. on. You just run five kilometers. I've only done two, but I did the first one as me one and the second one as me two. <laughs> and me two. Oh, Christ. Me two took two minutes off me one's time. Oh, God. But during the run, he lost. I had those earbud things, those really expensive Apple yeah. things, and me two lost the fucking box for the. I've got the. I've got the things but I, I thought I'm, I'm going to lose these earbuds one day I've lost the fucking box <laughs> me too so I'm very upset I was, about uh, it. I was thinking about you you one and you me too yeah uh, to, I was playing uh, snooker on a six foot table with my son this morning yeah oh that's weird playing with someone else oh it is weird isn't it <laughs> and with a child that's yeah. doubly, doubly weird who you related <laughs> exactly. to that's weird <laughs> what a weird thing exactly to do and I thought the fact that you managed to do an entire series of playing snooker with yourself and actually stay out of an asylum. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's been touch one, and go. It's a remarkable. You're amazing. Well, Thank an amazing you, experience. I'm amazing. I don't think many people listen to that one, but uh, so I can get away with all sorts. I say all sorts of things in that, I think, well, no one's going to listen but to I'm, it. I'm but delighted, yeah. but having obviously followed your life vicariously yes. through, uh, through your podcast, yeah, you can I'm that. delighted that you've got a family. Because <laughs> <laughs> it struck me... Uh, but, <laughs> Genuinely, I mean this because I mean this from my heart. Is it? I was me, me and my son were playing snooker yeah. this morning, and um, and uh, apropos of nothing, uh, we were both just in our pants because we both got up. Yeah, and that's the great thing about having kids is you just we just both playing our pants, not even thinking about it. And yeah. um, my lovely wife watched and said, "Why are you both in your pants?" We just, sorry, just started playing snooker. And it's understood. That's yeah. the great thing about having kids is that when, when you'll be in a situation that anyone, someone might walk in and go, "What the fuck is happening here?" <laughs> There's two men playing snooker in their pants, and with kids, it's just fine. It's just, yes. just playing. Yeah, we just started playing. We haven't put trousers on yet. Yeah. Simple as that. <laughs> and it's wholesome. But whilst, whilst I felt the tension, felt it needed popping. <laughs> But whilst I was playing snooker, I had a profound feeling of, oh, fucking hell, Richard must have been so sad playing snooker on his own. <laughs> it was just lonely. And yeah. I would have come and played snooker with you, if you've asked. I don't, I don't want I to play against play... other people. What's the Didn't, point of did that? did you? We need to get into what that's about, mate. Well, that's... see, that was all my teens. So te- I, was, I was in my relationship with my wife when I started doing the podcast, but when I, used to, when I was a teenager, yeah. I used to spend hours playing against myself. Did you? Yeah. Well, we all, well that's, that's normal. That's just healthy, isn't it? Yeah. It's just... I, did, but I played Sabuto against myself. When you mean... Oh, oh right, I thought you meant no, no, playing no, no, play, amongst I did, I did yourself as a euphemism. Of course. I did a bit of that, but yeah. I mainly played Sabuto. I heard you were something of a master at <laughs> I played... That's what they named it after me. Uh, and they... 
I played Spirit against myself, did all these leagues, oh, kept wow. all the statistics. York wow. City always won every, yeah. every single match. How old were you at this point? 28 years old. Now, I was... Um, <laughs> I was... Um, <laughs> I was quite, I mean, quite older, like in teenage, probably 12 to... Actually, because I supported Leeds United to begin with yeah. when I was younger, and then I grew up and moved on <laughs> to a proper football team, York City. <laughs> but this season, I thought, oh, York are so bad now, maybe I'll just start... Leeds are like they're going to go up, I'll start supporting them. The minute I started supporting them again, then they didn't go up. So I think I'll stay away from Leeds and give them a chance of succeeding. I saw Leeds play Bristol City... When I was, that was the first football it's match. It's a real game, or is it? Yeah, real playing? one. First, but they won. They drew two all. I was sitting amongst the Bristol City fans because we I, lived in Somerset. Oh right, so this is real football. And I, I hid, and I hid my is... Leeds United badge underneath my jacket so the Bristol fans wouldn't beat me up. What an idiot I was! It's the other way round, isn't it? Uh, so, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so no, so I played. I, I was. I, I think I had quite a happy childhood, but I was quite obsessed with uh, that kind of statistical thing and I was quite yeah. obsessed you know I was I could pass a lot of time in an imaginary world even if it was quite a dull, a dull one no, that, so that set, that stood, set me in good stead as an adult who plays myself at snooker for a living yeah it was all training wasn't yeah, it yeah it was that, and I'm semi-professional I've been paid to play snooker against myself <laughs> by, a, by a transgressive art festival I mean I'm sure I've told this story before wow. but I've been doing it for a while someone from a transgressive art festival rang me up and said, will you come and do play snooker against yourself? I said, yeah, what's the other sort of stuff going on? They that said, oh, there'll that... be someone cooking and eating their own shit. Yeah. Uh, there'll be someone... <laughs> and you thought, I'm in. There'll be someone... Uh, I sign up. ...doing karaoke with their vagina. The woman before me uh, was, producing, karaoke... was producing baby teeth out of her vagina and then doing stories about Can them. Can we just stop? These are too many things. <laughs> there are too many things that haven't been unboxed here. Well, I don't know much more than I'm telling I'm d- you. I'm just rewinding to how does someone do karaoke with their vagina? Well, they sit in a chair. Yep. And then they play some... They play it... So, so lip-syncing, I suppose they would. <laughs> I didn't... Um, I didn't watch it. I didn't personally go and watch it because I was on at the same time. But she did pop into the dressing room I was sharing with her to piss in her bed. Because it was 20, she was doing 24 hours. So I was in the dressing room waiting to go on to play snooker against myself, and a woman came in and started a bin and pissed in it. And to be honest, that was the least offensive thing that happened. In the... And then I played myself at snooker. <laughs> for an hour. For an hour. I'm just trying to still keep in my mind that this is an arts festival. It was about an hour, and people were like, some people came, like, about, you know, I thought, oh, some of my fans will come. About four of my fans came. <laughs> and then the other people were either people who were coming to see the other transgressive art or the other transgressive artists. Yeah. Loads of them walked out because it was too boring. <laughs> and I thought, this is too transgressive for the people. I mean, the idea is it's, it's irritating. You should have done some charades with your foreskin or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. Just... <laughs> You haven't even got your cock out, mate. Yeah, Get your cock out. Use it as a cue. <laughs> yeah, replace the brown ball with the shit. Come on. <laughs> we need something to get on board with here. So I'm I not was not going to cut with it. At least play snooker with it. I was too transgressive for the transgressive artist, but I got paid £350, and so I am a semi-professional <laughs> self-playing snookerist. <laughs> and I told my wife one day I would get paid. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then finally, <laughs> came finally out of the basement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the attic now. So uh, it was the basement before. But um, hmm. where were we? Let's talk a bit about you. Uh, and uh, so you won a competition quite early on. You got started doing stand up and you won So You Think You're Funny. That was quite. Was that quite early that on? Was was 1998. Yeah. yeah. That's, so so how long had you been going? For six or seven months. Wow, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, it was. It was. It was very exciting. Who did you beat your year? Who did in I beat? Oh God! Who went in my on to be a big final? Six. Were uh, so Dan Antopelski was in the final. Oh yes, he's good. Carrie Quinlan. Oh yes, fantastic. Uh, yeah. Reginald D. Hunter. Wow. Uh, a guy called Moz. Okay. Tim Barnes. Oh who, yes. Um, uh, I can't remember after that. Yeah, but you beat all of them. But and neither Reg or Dan were placed. Oh, really? So there was some administrative error, and I, I won it. But, uh, <laughs> and Graham Norton was the, uh, the uh, host, compare. Oh, wow. And Bob Mortimer was in the judging panel. So I was pretty starstruck. Yeah. Absolutely starstruck. And he's done this as well, hasn't he? Yeah. I love that one. He's I, incredible, incredible. Incre- well, I, I it just... The more and more... The, the more that... I just... The more they do, him and Vic, yeah, uh, just I just think they're just they're beautiful, aren't they? Special, they special are. creatures. They special are, and creatures. I, I think especially, and I love Vic as well. But Bob, especially, I think is they're um, both remarkable in their own way, aren't they? they Have are, you yeah. listened to the chain reaction interview where uh, does Bob interview Vic? I, I think it is. Heard, actually, no. It is. Uh, it's still on the uh, BBC, whatever it sounds up or yeah. whatever. I've listened to it. Must have listened to it a dozen times when I'm driving along. It's lovely. It's just great. And Bob interviews his comedy hero, and it's Vic. I know, it's gorgeous, and it is funny as you like from the start, yeah. right through. It's brilliant. And, and I, whenever I'm in our spare room, I think of uh, you and Bob in my mind's eye on the, on the Ruhr Lustapa stage yeah. because I decorated the spare room <laughs> listening to it. Yeah. I love when things have an association yeah, with, it's uh, great. with something you've listened to in that place. I, I reckon bits of the, you know, episodes of this podcast have stopped me going absolutely mad driving up and down the motorways of Great Britain doing yes, stand-up. it's good for that. Definitely. I mean, all podcasts are pretty good for that. Well, let's talk about your podcast. We'll get on to your uh, other career. I was listening to you as we were driving here with Ooh. you and your wife. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I, I thought, oh, this, because you were talking about a play you were doing together. I thought, oh, this must be the most recent one. And then it turns out that you haven't done that podcast for maybe a year now. Yeah, we've done about 30-odd episodes yeah. of it. And uh, we, we decided, because I started doing one myself, yeah. called the Rob Rouse Podcast. And uh, first episode, I cut Gaz Coombs' hair. No, sorry, he cut my hair in my garage and played a song at the end. <laughs> okay. The second episode, me and Tom Rigglesworth assembled a chainsaw and chopped down a tree in our garden, <laughs> which was great fun. Third episode... Are you I just joined... getting people round to, yeah. do, to do chores <laughs> for you? Get, I was getting a lot of stuff sorted <laughs> yeah. out around the house. I had a got cracking hair to boot. Yeah. Rewired the place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> and so how do you... Oh, that's the, the third episode. Third episode was uh, I joined in on Helen's uh, uh, exercise class and vomited in her head. It's a cracker. That. I, I should put them back up again. And the, I can't remember what that was. I did about seven. And then um, and I, I, was, and I really enjoyed it. it was a lot, it's a lot of editing and work, isn't yeah. it? I put it out. And, Not and for it, me, mate. No, I don't know. No, of course. Why now? You've got staff. You've got people on board. That's the sound, that's the sound of, of, of one of your minions laughing there in the background as he edits yet another award-winning podcast. And, uh, and, and I... Um, uh, 
what well, lost the train of thought. Sorry, I... Yeah, did seven, and yeah. then it got a new and noteworthy on iTunes, and I got all excited about it. And then I realised I couldn't be asked like with the work. <laughs> yeah. and, and other stuff happened, and uh, you know there was swimming lessons or things, you know, drop offs and pickups needed yeah, doing. And I ran out of time, and it was exhausted by it. And then uh, Helen suggested, "Why don't we do one uh, together, like me and you?" And, uh, and, we'll, and so we came up with this idea of doing the date night podcast. As we've been together at that point, what, 13, 14 years. And thought that you don't often spend enough time with your partner having fun. So we thought we'll go and do stuff, turn it into a podcast. And uh, we did all sort of like we went horse riding. And just, we live in the Peak District. Um, uh, so we just went and did all, so anything we could do for free. We went to a, a pitch and put and uh, um, in, we, uh, saw Chris Waddle there. Okay. Chris Waddle. <laughs> And uh, so that became an open letter to Chris Waddle, the whole podcast. And uh, didn't reply, Chris, but uh, we're still waiting. And we did all sorts. We did life drawing with each other in front of the fire. Um, we, <laughs> we, recorded, we recorded a Christmas special where we uh, did a version of Rage Against the Machines, uh, Killing in the Name, which yeah. we recorded in our own garage. And I, I'll stand by, let's say this on record, if you download that episode, uh, or you can listen to it, however you get them, uh, Helen's vocal is, stands right alongside Zach De La Roche's vocal. <laughs> because uh, the, the way she delivers the final riposte with the incendiary uh, mofo at the end, it, it sends a shiver down my... Sometimes, if I need a pick-me-up driving to a gig, I'll, I'll bang that episode on. <laughs> And forward wine, and we raised, I think, fifteen pounds for shelter with that episode. <laughs> Just stand by, because uh, I, I really, really admired what uh, Rage did when they when they did it for shelter, and it was a genuine, heartfelt homage. And uh, we called in a favour from uh, from Mr. Coombs, and and he uh, he mastered it for us in his home studio, and sent it back. But Helen's vocal on it is astonishing, absolutely one take. One take, and, and she was done. We recorded it live in the garage with uh, another bloke, Rich, uh, who, who played the drums, <laughs> who, who's uh, a dad from primary school. <laughs> well, in the one I listened to, which is the last one, I think you should buy yeah. another one, because I we think... We do need to do another well, one. Well, because in this one, you were talking about how you went to the seaside and just got some whelks off the seaside shore. Oh, God, yeah. And then cooked them, and then the, the, the barbecue went out, and so then took them home and, and then... <laughs> Fried them in beer yeah. and ate them, yeah. and didn't take all the guts out of some of them. No, yes. And then you were seriously ill, and then that's the last podcast. That is the last podcast. <laughs> and it yeah. hasn't been one for a year. <laughs> you go, oh, I might have to go to the doctors. I'm feeling pretty bad. And they go, yeah, we have to get. You have to ring up at eight o'clock in the morning. It might be it's like, and sadly, he rubber. Yeah, no, that, that was a mistake. Uh, when I, whenever I'm outside, yeah. I do go because uh, when we moved up to the Peak District from London, which yeah. was just a cold-hearted career move, if I'm honest. <laughs> just an industry move to yeah. get out of London and um, to create industry buzz yeah. but, uh, but it backfired but either way yeah, I've got a garden um, and a greenhouse yeah. a greenhouse hence the corporate gifts and um, so we, uh, we, 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 were, we were on holiday in, in the caravan in North Wales and whenever, I, whenever I'm in the countryside I found I go a bit feral so in, when we moved up in 2010 I ended up, my Edinburgh show was about eating roadkill yeah. and, and uh, I had, a, I had a pheasant, then a rabbit, and then, um, then it culminated. In, it, was, it was July, and I needed an end for the show. But by that point, I'd lost my mind on roadkill. I was scanning the verges for it all the time. Just free protein. It's exciting. It's nature's bounty, ladies and gentlemen. 
And uh, I was driving uh, over Snake Pass, and if anyone knows it, 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 it literally there's a crest, and the sun was just gleaming over the top of Snake Pass. I was heading down to the Manchester Comedy Store. And on the crest of Snake Pass, there was a, I saw a recently knocked-down sheep. <laughs> so I, I stopped the car, put the hazards on. I'm not, a, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> Popped the boot up and went and inspected the, uh, the meat. And, uh, and it was, it was, a, it was, it was a, a black sheep. And it, was, it wasn't a lamb. It was like a pretty fully grown... It wasn't a fully... It wasn't mutton. It, was yeah. still, it still would have been classed as lamb. Uh, but uh, it had clearly just been hit by a truck because its head was on backwards. <laughs> but, uh, which is a clear sign. It had a tangle with uh, at least a tonne of metal. And, um, but its eyes were glassy and it was still warm, which is a good sign. <laughs> um, so I thought, here we go, barbecue on me on Sunday. So I, I hooked it into the boot of the, uh, the family Passat... <laughs> Which uh, I've not thought about this for a long time, which is a black car as well, which will come into play later on. <laughs> Put the tonneau cover over, also black, it's an estate. Uh, drove it to the Manchester Comedy Store, parked in the bottom of a queue park. There are, are other car parks available. And it was the hottest day of the year. It was about 27 <laughs> degrees. Obviously, some, some, some uh, wild eaters in here. <laughs> Uh, you're thinking, oh, that's going to that's gonna just save... Uh, um, what's it? Infuse the meat with a, a, a lovely frisson of, um, of, uh, of um, flavour, steeping its own juices. <laughs> what the hell I was doing? And I walked to the store, I did the early and the late show, left, and it was a late, late show at that point, it finished about half two, walked back to the car park, to the basement, and excited to, uh, to see uh, tomorrow's barbecue... I popped the boot up and uh, took a breath in (laughs) and immediately vomited to to my boots. Just literally... It it was instant. And I couldn't stop being sick. (laughs) And this, this sheep was now... I'd say about twice as big as it was when I put it in there. <laughs> like a great big black woolly balloon. <laughs> and, and its limbs were... <laughs> rolling on its back with its limbs splayed out. And it was at such an internal pressure that I'd just tiny movements, it would just... Cause it was, you could hear it creaking like... <laughs> and, if, and if it moved a bit too much... <laughs> And the, the smell was... It, it's impossible to describe. <laughs> that anyone who walked into the car park would immediately have been sick. And I try and sometimes smells, you can almost visualise them. I just, it just must have just poured out like an immediate... <laughs> like a nuclear explosion. It was horrific. And I drove out of Manchester with all the windows down in the car. Uh, I was sobbing at this point because you just... Uh, <laughs> just the futility of it all <laughs> whilst uh, wretched, uh, out of the window and every time I went round a corner it would and release oh shit that's water and release even more gas and um, <laughs> it's like I wet myself now it's dribbling down front of the stage 
and, and I drove all the way back up, up Snake, about halfway up Snake Pass through Glossop um, <laughs> and heaved it out, uh, out into a lay-by. And I remember as I threw it, just... <laughs> it would, I had to swing it to get some momentum up to get it over the fence. And with each... <laughs> and as I let it go, it... <laughs> and then it bounded down the hill. And... Um, I think I, I, I wept again. Um, and then and drove home in a real state. But... Uh, and I remember as I was putting all of my clothes into the washing machine... Have you ever, do you ever do that when you got so dirty, you just take everything off, buy the washing... Pants, everything, put it all in, bang it straight on a boil wash? I'm not sure anyone else has been through this experience <laughs> <laughs> but then as the you know as the washing machine door clicked shut I thought well I've got an ending I've got an ending <laughs> but and, and the, the and then that, the clean up operation the next day was, was horrific because obviously I, I told Helen about it in the morning and, and oh I haven't told you this she is a lifelong vegetarian okay. she's never <laughs> <laughs> meat. So you're going to eat this sheep on your own. That yeah, was the so plan. She was absolutely horrified, yeah. and uh, and it spent. It was a long afternoon with rubber gloves and bleach. That was like trying to clean up after an episode of Dexter. It was insane. <laughs> clearing up, essentially, yeah. Uh, uh, to some of the, I don't know what the liquids were, Richard, but they they all had to go. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and and constant weekly freezing and uh, shake and vac and. Uh, it's now done 168,000 miles. <laughs> and I think tonight... Uh, so I'm looking for £5,000 for it. It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's got a dent on every panel. <laughs> if you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. <laughs> did you, how did the Welks go? Did you recover? So, yeah, we were talking about the Welks, weren't we? Sorry. We've, we've gone off on a tangent. But, you think um, someone who'd been through the sheep experience might not have eaten Welks off a beach. You'd think I'd have known better, wouldn't you? <laughs> you think someone who'd gone on a whole show about road crew would think, maybe I should look into the health and safety Absolutely. implications. Yeah. But, you know, but, a as, as comics, if we get a show out of it, we're happy, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, we're happy. Uh, and I remember, I, once I, I did, I did that, the version of that show in Nottingham, and I was driving back and, um, and just coming up another way into Sheffield. Uh, 
genuinely thought all my Christmases would come at once because there was an entire deer. Again, same scenario, head on backwards. Glassy eye, still warm to the touch. Bingo, we're in. And sadly, I didn't have the physical strength to heave it into the boot of the Passat because the conditions were perfect, Richard. The meat was fresh, it was still warm. It was uh, minus two degrees. So, I mean, perfect. It wasn't going to go wrong on the journey. I, I was ten minutes from home, and I thought, if I can get this in the boot of the Passat, yeah. and I can drop it down at the village butchers, or at least knock on his door Sunday morning and say, look, mate, there's a whole venison here. We could have half each. It's must be worth a grand. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't. And I got home, and, and I was really upset, probably sobbing, at the loss. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and I considered uh, going back to the site <laughs> at three in the morning. <laughs> I wasted half an hour rumming and ahhing. I think it was crucial. Um, and I, I filled the chainsaw up with petrol and I was going to take it. <laughs> I can't remember whether I woke Helen up to tell her I was very excited. <laughs> look, love, look, I know you're a vegetarian, but you please understand how much venison is at stake here. And she talked me out of it, explaining to me that probably at three in the morning, chainsawing like Leatherface through. <laughs> An animal with antlers the size of a cow. I mean, it's a, it's a big beast. Yeah. Trying to saw off a leg or two to take home. Yeah. Might not... It's, it's hard to explain, isn't it? To, it is. you know, a traffic cop on his way home. <laughs> what about the whelks, though? What happened with oh, the Oh, yeah, sorry, the whelks. <laughs> So, yeah, so we were, it was uh, last uh, May half term, we went to the, is it called the Hlyn the Peninsula in Wales? I've never been there before, incredible place, told the caravan all the way there, that the caravan's another story. <coughs> but, <laughs> show business, cheap caravan, it's going well. Now, um, anyway, the, anyway, so we, uh, we're in the Lynn Peninsula, beautiful, it's based, the mountains go down to the sea. As I've already established in... <laughs> oh, yeah, geographically, this audience are fast, aren't they? I don't even... I don't even re... I... They do callbacks and stuff I can't even remember doing at the start of the show. You're amazing. And, um, and it's, so it's beautiful. Mountains go... Yeah, let's fuck it off down into the sea. It's everything. All of the geography you need to know is there. Mountains slipping down into the sea. And I went out for a swim in the sea with uh, Ronnie, one of our dogs... And, uh, and I noticed when I was in there, there were loads of uh, sea anemones and there were loads of limpets. And I thought, this is, it's really fresh, it's clean, that must be a good sign. Hadn't really thought that actually limpets essentially live off uh, whatever's... Sh- they're, they're cleaning the sea, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And surprised quite a few, put them in a dog shit bag, a clean one. Um, <laughs> took them back, banged them on the barbecue and, uh, and, and, I, and I did cook them thoroughly. So I would advise you to cook them, cook them thoroughly. Because they, they killed the barbecue, so I did them in a pan afterwards with some butter and garlic and some beer, which was a bit bitter. Anyway, it was getting bogged down. Um, crucially, what I didn't do was I cut them until they came out of the shells, but what I didn't do was they've got like a half-moon-shaped, uh, very dark brown or black kind of shiny-looking element to them that's not the meat bit, which I know, in hindsight, I realise, um, is all of their arse and guts. Yeah. And I ate... Uh, I ate... I'd say about 30 of them. <laughs> ballpark, ballpark 30. 
And uh, they were the only, f- only food that Ronnie, our dog, that uh, eats, eats nappies. <laughs> they are the only f- food that he's refused to eat. <laughs> I threw it to him, and he'll, he'll catch anything when you yeah. throw it to him. He, he, he caught it and went, uh, no. <laughs> and he's only ever done that with, with uh, the really dark olives. Right. Any other food he'll eat then. And uh, so I threw him a second one, and he dropped that and thought, he's just not into them like olives, I like olives. I'll eat the limpets. In hindsight, it wasn't a good decision. I spent the, the week on the campsite in... Uh, well, I spent the week in the toilet block, if I'm honest. Uh, well, the, the, uh, I missed most of the holiday. So, yeah. And then we did a podcast about it because I realised that my, my arse has ruined, I'd say, three holidays. <laughs> if I had to nail it down. And I was wondering, because I, I, was, I was thinking, I was worrying if you were going to ask me the human caterpillar question. Yeah. Because I thought, I genuinely wouldn't wish my arse on anyone <laughs> to be sewn to it. Okay. Even the worst people history has known, <laughs> I don't think deserve that. Wow. They've been through That's enough. very thoughtful of you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Unless you've thought really hard about that, but not about not eating... Dead animals. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. At the sea. There are inconsistencies yeah. to my logic. Yeah. But yeah, so we did the podcast together, which was really good. I loved doing it. It was great fun. We had a really good laugh doing it. And dude, listen to the Rage Against the Machine episode. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but we realised, again, it's a lot of time. Yeah. To, to, and if the first time you sit down to talk to your partner, life partner, uh, is to sit down and try and take the piss out of each other, that's the first proper conversation you've had that week. Then that can be a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's... Uh, my wife has been on this podcast with some friends, which made it a bit easier, but yeah. I think the idea of... I mean, you're working with your wife a lot. I mean, it's, it's good because you get yeah. to see each other, but it's also, you know, I think there is that, that danger of, of working together and not separating. You, you, you've done plays together, you're doing another play so in we, Edinburgh. Yeah, we did together. our first play together last year at Edinburgh called The Ladder, which was... Ba- Helen wrote... Uh, uh, it was great, and she uh, basically one day she got she was decorating a room downstairs. I don't know which episode of Rahulustapus she was listening to, <laughs> but uh, she got herself caught in the top of a decorating ladder. These kind of you know the fold out ones that they sort of snap together, and you can have them in a V or a kind of M shape or whatever. And there's a claw that <laughs> cracks through the top on a spring, right. and it caught her little finger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bum twattering time, isn't it? And as she, and she was stuck in it, and she's and she's. She's, she's nearly medically small, Helen. She's, is that a, is that a, a terminology? A correct no, no. Term? She's, she, she's around the five foot mark. Okay. And, um, and she, got her, she got her finger stuck in it. She, she couldn't reach the floor. And she was stuck in this decorated ladder for about 20 minutes with her finger stuck in it. I got back in and, uh, and immediately uh, was immensely heroic and uh, started panicking. <laughs> and we thought, right, well, the first thing we should do, because we couldn't tell whether if we open them or close them, whether it, it would go through a finger. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so we rang her dad, because they were his decorating ladders. <laughs> Just to say, Ken, Ken, now, do we open or close these? What's going to happen to the claw? Now, he was playing snooker at the time. <laughs> and, uh, so there was no way of getting pants. through. Yeah, <laughs> probably his pants... <laughs> Lovely callback. Yeah, thank you. And, and, uh, which would be weird. Um, and, uh, and, and so we didn't know, and we couldn't get through to him. So we had to make a... De- we kind of thought about the decision, and then, 
And I ended up managing... I managed to take them apart with a screwdriver and, and we got her out of there. Nice. But Helen, being the brilliant... Because she's a really great writer. She's actually just... Start, she, got, she just got an agent for writing a kid's book. She's written, written a kid's book, just sat there and wrote it. Banged it out on her iPad. And um, she's so much more disciplined than I am. Yeah. Just like... Uh, this Obviously, this doesn't go out concurrently, but you have just interviewed Kay Meller yeah. in this same sitting. And uh, I think that's the key last to... Last week. Yeah, last week. <laughs> and uh, doesn't time fly it between... Does, yeah, it felt it like... <laughs> 20 minutes that week flew by. Um, but uh, she thought, what would have happened if uh, I wasn't the kind of person who would have tried to take them apart or if our lives were different? In the same way that I remember Rich Hall telling me years ago once uh, that the guy who apparently wrote Deliverance, he, he was on um, uh, a canoeing holiday and he capsized and knocked himself out or something and that's all he could remember. And he woke up and these people who, you know, I don't know, the rednecks or whatever they were called, the people who live in the countryside, basically saved his life, nursed him back to full health, right. drove him home right. with his canoe on the top of the car, took him back to his home address, dropped him off, waved him goodbye and drove off into the sunset. And he thought, what an incredible thing. But he thought, but what if they had dragged me into the woods and fucked me up the arse? <laughs> And that is writing, isn't it? That's what writing is. And apparently, that's what Rich told me. And, so, and apparently, that's how he got the idea for deliverance. And so Helen thought, well, so what happens if, what would happen if that hadn't played out that way around? Yeah. And I think that's often where good ideas come from. It's, isn't it's it? very much sliding doors, isn't it? It's very, exactly, much, yeah. very much. Yeah. Sliding doors without bothering to show the other side. Uh, like all good drama. <laughs> You've got to think about sliding I do have to think about sliding doors. Hey, look, I want to quickly... You, well, you're doing another play. You tell me about the other play. Oh, well, yeah. The, the new one's called Funny in Real Life. We're on, doing Edinburgh the 1st to the 18th of August. Yep. At 11.15 in the morning at the Gilded Balloon. Because we like to do them in the morning because then we can go up with the kids. Yeah. And then, and then actually uh, not feel like we're ignoring them too much during the day. Uh, and, uh, and it's a fun time to do, play, to do anything. I think it's a fun time to do a show when everyone's fresh and they've yeah, not yeah. seen six shows. It's interesting, isn't it? But uh, and it, this one is about um, a stand-up comedian on stage talking about his wife and kids. And um, he thinks he's booked it for 11.15 at, at night, but it's actually on at 11.15am, but he's trying to make the best of it. Yeah. cock up with a gilded balloon. <laughs> and, um, but crucially, uh, his wife's in the audience, right. and he's doing... Uh, and, and she basically calls bullshit on his ideas <laughs> and his stand-up. And so it's... I mean, it's, it's a long way from mine and Helen's real lives, obviously. <laughs> So it's in no way, shape, or form uncomfortable, or challenging to work through and devise. But no, and and we just the more we thought about, it, we thought it was a fun, uh, really fun kind of uh, uh, thing to explore. And and we did a little uh, twenty minutes of it at the Crucible in Sheffield in, in like little kind of scratch night thing. And the bones of it really worked. So we kind of thought that's that's fun. So we're working on that. Great. We're going to do that together. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, we'll go, we'll all go. And, this is coming out before Edinburgh, so do go and see that play and. And come and see Rahelastapur. Uh, One thirty. Are you doing well. them up there as well? I'm doing. Yeah, I'm doing twenty-one Rahelastapurs in the Edinburgh Fringe. Jeez. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to say that. One thirty at the Newtown Theatre, four hundred seat theatre. Please come. Um, <laughs> my, is, have you got? Have you booked your accommodation in Edinburgh yet this oh, year? Oh, we're doing a house swap this year. Oh, doing a house swap. That's, That's not fair. A shit ton of money, Rich. It did. <sighs> so much money this year. So much expensive. Right. I've been in contact with Ian Boldsworth. Oh, lovely. Who, uh, you, in your early career, you did a triple act with him and... That's right, yeah, him and John Williams. And, yeah. Big and daft. That's right. Uh, I asked him what I should ask you. <laughs> I think he's using this to air some personal grievances. 
I would expect nothing less. Ask Go him on. why he thought it was acceptable to put the arms of every one of my Star Wars figures in the air every time he visited my house. <laughs> Even though he knew this would devalue them, devalue them significantly. Did you hear that, Ian? That's your answer. <laughs> I think it's funny, actually, Ian came round uh, uh, to interview me for a, uh, his podcast, which yep. he does on Patreon, I think it's yep. his. So actually, the interview is behind a paywall, and he's still not sent it me to listen to, because <laughs> I refused to pay to listen to a <laughs> conversation he had in our living room, and I made him three cups of tea. Um, but, <laughs> no, it was, and it's been really nice to reconnect with him yes. after a long time. It's been really good fun. And yeah. it, a lot of water's under the bridge, and... and uh, yeah. It was like being in a band that broke up. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it was really exciting at the time. I'm, I, I look back at it all now with real fondness, even like the arguments and the stress and the nightmares of it. Because it was really, really good fun. It was fucking crazy. Yeah. Like kind of, well, it was that early days and you just yeah. did two or three Edinburghs together? We did uh, We did three. three, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but yeah, and, and, and <laughs> it was great. And Ian was telling my son, who's 11, about me putting Star Wars figures up. My son thought it was hilarious. Just thought, of course you would. And he said, what? Because it annoyed him. Went, yeah, and he went, he totally got it. Totally got it. <laughs> Every time it was great because Ian's old flat, uh, it was like a first floor flat and you had to go down this kind of stairwell. It had sort of like a little kind of bit around it, like um, almost like a big shelf that you went down through. So yeah. you're on three sides, like you're in a little theatre. And that's where all his Star Wars figures were. <laughs> and every time he went out to get milk or tea bags, I think, well, I mean, I couldn't resist it. And just <laughs> like just the Emperor. Is it the Emperor or the really the real buddy from yeah. Star Wars? Can't remember. Yeah, who cares? Uh, look, he's stood there going, like it all terrifying. Stick his arms up, he's going, <laughs> And I thought it'd make Ian happy when he came back in. Look, look how happy the Emperor is Ian. He's look, he's going, Ian! And he absolutely hated it, which meant that it happened every time he left the house. Notorious sexist, of course, Ian Bolsworth. If you listened to, he was a Ray Peacock. He came on the show. Uh, he got into the. Yeah, we won't go into it. It's not time. I remember he had, um, he had a, an argument with someone in the audience. Yeah, it was terrible. He came out very well. He's a lovely, lovely man. Um, ask him why he wanted to light his own farts all the time. Yeah, they blow hot and cold sure. this room, don't they? Yeah. Say, <laughs> it's just not into lighting farts. Got. Really honestly, how many people have lit a fart? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> a few brave, brave souls out there. You're all, everyone, everyone's worries that there's a, is it you fear blowback? Is that what it's called? <laughs> that somehow you've heard the, the story that someone sucked one in and then they exploded. <laughs> Doesn't have, as long as you're wearing a stout jean, yeah. it's, it's a great laugh. In fact, actually, if uh, I had my phone on, we could ring Helen and uh, she would, could corroborate this story that um, when we were courting, I can't remember it, but because uh, <laughs> that's the pattern of my life, but apparently I used to like, we met in a shared house right. when um, I was a stand-up and she was uh, down doing a theatre job. Apparently I used to like my own farts with the, my other housemates. They were all girls as well, so okay. I thought the gloves were off, we're doing this. And, um, and Helen remembers it to this day that... Uh, that's what, she fell in love over she the... She fell in love with it. Over glare the glare of a The blue fart. flame. Warm, yeah. The warming blue flame of love. All right, one more from Ian. Uh, he does send his love, by the way, to us both, which is nice of him. Uh, ask him why he cleans his teeth till he gags is sometimes sick before all the big and daft shows. That, well, that was nerves. I don't do that anymore. But uh, I used to clean my teeth. I used, to be, I used to sick. I used to be sick. Fucking hell, it's nerves, isn't it? I yeah. used to be sick every gig. 
right. every stand-up gig for the first year or so, I reckon. Right. I used to smoke as well, which we didn't go, you know, was not good. Yeah. And I was obsessed with kind of having a clear, being clear, and I'd <laughs> coughed, and I was sick. Oh, and then I'd be sick every I don't every know why show. you guys broke up. I can't, can't brush my put, teeth. Can't, can't put my... <laughs> oh, no, Ian was great while I was be sick. Yeah. He'd always hold my hair out my eyes and rub me back. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't got very much time left. Uh, we'll, do oh. little, we'll do a little bit more. Don't, we don't want to bore the people of Wakefield. No, or, don't. you know, let them back out into the streets of Wakefield where anything could happen to them. <laughs> they're, just safe in, they're safe in here. Can I ask a question yeah. to the good people yeah. of Wakefield? When I came in, I came past Pizza Hut. And uh, there was like a, it was like a scene out of an American movie. There was people sat all along the wall of Pizza Hut with cars. Is there a thing happening? Or is it just people who like to watch cars take the roundabout? Can you explain what, what, what is it? Is it like a meeting point? Every Saturday night. Every, what, and what happens? They just meet. <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically, in Wakefield on a Sunday night, it's, well, did it start off small or has it always been a huge event? Like, did some people just start, for one day there was two cars in Pizza and people went, oh, it's, it's that good, what are you doing here? Just park up here and we watch the cars uh, take that roundabout and then we just guess whether they go left or right or the other roundabout. <laughs> And it's just become a thing. Is it, it or does like so, does some shit go down there or something? Does something happen? Is it, it's like, is it like the the Bloods and the Crips? Is it like the is it West Side Story? What happens there? Or is it just people who like watching the roundabout? <laughs> oh, it's noisy. Oh, it's boy races, is it? Oh, got you. It's yeah. nice. Yeah, well, we should have that. done the gig on Sunday night. If I'd known that, we could have filled the top bit as well. If we could have, yeah, exactly. Yeah, all the boy races. Put some free pizzas up there. <laughs> Could have had him here. Um, look, well, very quickly, I mean, we haven't talked because you're in Upstart Crow. You're the Baldrick of the 21st century. Yeah. You're bottom in Upstart mm. Crow, which is incredible. What's in, I think what's very brief, let's try to do this, but it's, um, you know, you had this very early success and then you had quite a lot of TV success quite quickly. Yeah. So you were in the actual original Friday Night Project. Was That's it right, yeah, yeah. So with, 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 with Alan Jimmy Carr, Carr, and, Jimmy Carr. Um, and Sharon Horgan. Right, so yeah. that was the original lineup, the three of you. Yeah, and then and then Alan Carr and Justin, Justin Lee Collins took, took over. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was so that was like proper Channel Four. Yeah, that was uh, prime was. time. Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. And then it all 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 just waved the millionaire's boat off. I <laughs> 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 forgot to get on the boat. <laughs> I've got a greenhouse, so... Yeah. <laughs> it's, but it's a, that's a weird... You know, it is a weird thing with show business, and it's something that I've also yeah. experienced as well. Yeah. Is that, you know, you work with people, and then, you know, something happens, something happens, and Absolutely. then... Absolutely, yeah. People go off in different directions. There's no real rhyme or reason to it. I no, mean, I, you were good yeah. in that, so you were good in the show. It was but, good fun. It was yeah, really yeah. good fun. And, um, but, yeah, you, I just... It's a weird thing. I think, uh, ultimately, like, kind of... Um, bless you. Um, <laughs> ultimately... You, you can't you can't really plan I never went into it with a plan no. and I think I did find it hard because I think I, I, I think I sort of thought oh shit something's happening here and oh 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 it's kicking off and and then it sort of kind of then it then it all then it changed direction yeah. and it went away and then I remember I did a series on BBC Three or what it was called called Grown Ups the first yeah. series of that and then I didn't want to do the second series I had just this feeling like it was like it didn't feel right it didn't feel like I was um, it was right, right for me Excuse me, I'm not getting emotional. I just had trap wind. <laughs> and, um, trap. Pardon? <laughs> you wait? Oh, I light it. Oh, mate. <laughs> Fire eggs, pal. Fire eggs. Theatre. 
that would bring the curtain down, bring the fire curtain down. Fortunately, tonight's rehearsal uh, <laughs> has been cancelled. And we're not filming curtain. it, so we don't want to waste the, oh, the visual. Mate, I'll come and do one in London. Okay, I'll light yeah. my farts at the end. Okay, <laughs> in fact, if you grow the Brussels sprout plant, yeah. and we'll both eat them before the show, okay. and we will light farts, <laughs> the seed of which was planted at the start of this show. And that... That, would be that, that, that means more than being a millionaire. It does. If you could, <laughs> because because it is. A, I think I think the whole thing is like you, ultimately, if if you're going to do something like this, you you've got to be prepared to do it for free. And yeah. I think I've learned actually. I've been doing it for 21 years now. I've never had a proper job. Uh, that ultimately, wh- whatever gig you're doing, like you have to learn that whether whether you're doing a gig in a back room of a pub for 12 people, or you're doing a you know a gig like this, or you know, whatever it is, you've got to just do that. Not think if I do that, it might lead to yeah, this. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, actually, you don't. You don't. You're not in the moment, and crucially, you don't enjoy the thing that you're doing. And like, all, I mean, this is this is ludicrously good fun to yeah. be able to do this, and all the travel and all the driving and all the you know the hard bits. Uh, you have to remember that this is playtime. This it's ridiculous. Like this is, and it's really good fun, and yeah. I, and I love it. So I can, and I think I've learned that through having. Some, you know, th- some things happened and then it, it went away. And, but I always had stand-up. I always had stand-up. Yeah. And, I, and, and I also had a family, and which, which is... I've got a life that I, I really enjoy. And I, it's, I feel very lucky. I, if you'd have told me that I, 21 years when I started, uh, 21 years ago, that I'd still be doing it, I wouldn't have believed you. And then, yeah. and then something random like Upstart Crow came along and I went from the audition. I'd not had an audition for... That was it. So I said... I didn't want to do the second series of Grown Ups. I said to my agent at the time, I'm worried that the phone will stop ringing. She said, you know, the phone won't stop ringing. <laughs> and it absolutely stopped ringing. We t- I mean, they even took the landline away. It was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> get broadband or anything. And, uh, and then, and then, so I just did gigs. And, and I think I became a much better stand-up. Yeah. And I think maybe, maybe it all happened too early. Maybe I wasn't ready. I wasn't, you know, I was, I was, I wasn't, um, uh, I wasn't necessarily in control of myself. I didn't know who I was. I, I you know, drank too much. But, you know, just an old thing. I didn't really... I, but I didn't go into it like it was a career. I went yeah. into it because I thought... That I was sort of coming back to the start. Like, it was, it was an escape route for me. Yeah. And I think you end up doing... If you end up doing something that you love, you do it because you, you can't not do it. I think that's what it comes down to. So you, if you do everything like you're doing it for free and it owes you nothing then you'll always enjoy it. And, yeah. then, and then, then you can enjoy whatever comes along. Yeah. And I was really lucky, and that audition came up. I'd not had an audition for maybe a decade, other than adverts, which are pointless going for. And, uh, and, and I went in, and I think... And I, I'd done a panel show years ago with David, and, and, and I, I realised as well, something I'd probably never done in my career, was I learned my lines before I went in. Right. Shock horror, <laughs> that helps. <laughs> in audition. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, again, that's the kind of thing I find really hard. You think, well, you know, I'll learn the lines if you give me the part. You know, but yeah. it's absolutely the truth. You know, I can read it, but actually, if you go in and you know it, yeah. But you really need to know it, though. That's then you the can thing. play. You yeah. can play with it, yeah. and, and and also, like when they sent the scripts, they sent all six. They right. let us, you know, before an audition, you read all six of them. Yeah, and it, and it literally was like, you know, so when I was a kid growing up in a village, that you had for me, there was Vic and Bob, there was Blackadder. There was uh, Fry and Laurie. That, that felt like that kind of time. And Harry Enfield, 
That, that, that it's was just before I was on the telly, so it's all right. This is okay. And there was, and, and there was just a fun. <laughs> yeah. And, but I probably wasn't kind of. I probably wasn't alternative enough at that time in my my taste to follow Fist of Fun. I didn't find it. Then I found it second time round. So I did. <laughs> you were there, Richard. You were okay. there. But uh, but yeah, and, and so so then this thing came through, and I read it all, and I, and I just and, and it, what it did for me. That's what it was. I think the right things find you in the end. Because, because for me, I never understood Shakespeare when I was at school. I struggled and struggled and struggled with it. And so I couldn't wrap my head around the language and, and, and the metaphors and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and, and bottom was exactly how I felt when I was having Shakespeare lessons at school. Right. Like kind of, it's too many bloody words, or why are you doing that? And it, so it was almost like it was... Uh, it, so I didn't have to, well, I didn't have to act, crucially. Right. It just they, they, they were, it was like he'd written stuff that I absolutely felt about, yes. about Shakespeare, and and I also remember that there was a nice symmetry to it when I was doing GCSE English. It was when the fourth series of Blackadder was going out. Uh, I'd watch, I'd be writing my essays upstairs on First World War poetry, and then run downstairs and watch Blackadder. And Blackadder helped me understand what I was yeah, yeah. trying to write about. So it was, it was, it was a hoot from start to sure. finish, and I went in, and Dave, and you know, David's an absolute gentleman, and, and uh, really uh, amazing to work with, brilliant, and and it was, and it, yeah, it was three years of absolutely nothing but fun. <laughs> That's great. Is, that, is it? Is it over? Well, we, we we've not heard about doing any more. Right. We've not heard about doing any more. Um, but uh, so, I, and I think everyone would love to do them if yeah. if, if it popped up. But who who knows what could happen? But yeah, yeah it, it's just to be in a room like with you know that lot and yeah. Harry Enfield and Ben Elton every week for you know <laughs> however many weeks it was amazing yeah it's, it is great and it's, it, it's really I think it's, it's just so interesting I mean, this happens a lot with the with, the, with show businesses people you know mm. someone's new and they get kind of lifted up and then they get smashed down yeah. again and it is that exactly you know to, for you to get through that with, with that attitude first, first of all but then to get this reward and I'm sure many more to come after this as well but you know to get this lovely thing that's at the end of that, it's, it's terrific. But you know, you are you, you. If you haven't seen Rob's stand up, you must go and see it. It's fantastic. You were you have been working constantly, haven't you, on the on the road? You've never stopped. This yeah. the only way to pay the mortgage. Yeah, but fortunately, I really, really love doing it. Yeah, so, but I yeah. think that's you know, I think a lot, that ha- also what happens a lot is new stand ups get onto telly and then they can't do the gigs in the same way. You know, or they yeah. or they stop doing stand ups and become presenters. Mm. And you're absolutely right. I think some things happen too quickly. And you're not as good as you would be. You're still yeah. good, but you're not as good as you would be. And then you get another 10 years of yeah. going out on the road and then you're a really good comedian. I, th- and I, th- I think the people that, you know, that my contemporaries who got really big, like so, so, someone like Jimmy, who I started out with, Jimmy Carr, yeah. like he, he was, he would, he would, in his gigs, he would be absolutely brilliant. And then he'd go home and he'd work on it and the next night he'd be even better. He'd be even sharper. Yeah. Sarah's the same, Sarah Millican. Yeah, like she, yeah. she, so some people come through and, and they're almost like they've got some life behind them. Like Jimmy had worked for Shell, hadn't he? Yeah. Sarah had been through a divorce. She knew herself. She wasn't finding herself on stage. I think that's quite important. Yeah. And, and, and they were able to, all of them, develop at the pace that their careers developed at. And I, I don't think that happens for everyone. And, and you, can't, you, know, you, can't, you can't manufacture that. You can't force it. No. It just happens. And... and uh, and there's only so many tickets to, to be sold and there's only so many people who can go to gigs. And, and I think the people who manage to do it and sustain it, they're doing it because they're working really, really fucking hard. Yeah. Really hard. Too hard, right? Too hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, and, and, that, and that's another question you've got to ask yeah. yourself as well is like kind of to sustain like a level of ambition. 
That's something else as well, isn't it? I was thinking about this uh, in the bath the other day. <laughs> just they don't have baths, those guys. They weren't, they're <laughs> they too busy working. For baths. Yeah, they absolutely hum. Um, but, see, and, and, and to sustain that, that takes a, a kind of stamina. I don't, I don't know that I've got it. I don't know that I've got the... I really love doing it, and, and, I, and I find it something that, that I gravitate towards and love doing. But I, I don't know, yeah, the, the, to sustain your yeah. stamina, your appetite for something. Because sometimes you've got to fall in, the love, in and out of love with it as well. And then, you, and for me, I've always had to find, I think I've found a, more of a balance now with my life and working. Yeah. So that I can try and really have a good gig at home and a good gig at night. Yeah. Then that feels like that's, that's, the, that's the goal. Yeah, it's it's uh, you know it's it's a big concern. It's a big thing that I think you have to think about, mm. and it is that. And, and comedy is interesting because it is a broad church, and you can get people who are just naturally very very funny and yeah. can just go on stage and dick around. Yeah, and and it's still as good. You know, it's still as good as somebody who's, who's crafted and worked really hard. And stuff. Yeah, so you can you know you can use this job as like oh I work twenty minutes a night and that's it, or you can use this job as I'm going to work. 18 hours a day and uh, yeah. and re-listen to all my gigs. Or you can, yeah, it can be just how you make sense of life. Yeah. Like whether whether you, you you write or you do music or or whatever our audience do here, whether they paint or make pots or they garden or they enjoy DIY, whatever it is, eating pizza on a wall, eating pizza on a wall, <laughs> watching roundabouts, whatever you want to do. Yeah. It's how we all make sense of life, isn't yeah. it? It's like why we drove up, wrote on the caves, uh, yeah. cave painting and stuff. And, and I think ultimately, it's, yeah, it's about, um, it's about, I don't know, it's just a way of making sense of everything, really. Yeah. But um, I forgot, I've lost my train of thought. It no, it's like good, it was, we, we got there. I felt like it was going to be something profound, but <laughs> no, it run, like, out of, run out was, of words. It almost was, if we worked a bit harder at this, it would be fucking Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> you knew what we'd planned. <laughs> if you knew what we'd planned. <laughs> He's bothered to write it, but we just made it up. Exactly. And fuck them, fuck the people working hard. <laughs> <laughs> fuck them. Right, uh, I think, on that bombshell, yeah, we better go. Look, it's been... Um, any strong feelings about rhubarb before we go? Because they've, they've been waiting, oh, sitting mate. here going, where's the fucking rhubarb stuff coming up? No Come way! On. No, I, you're Literally, already... I've got rhubarb coming out of my arse at you? the moment yeah. at home. <laughs> I should have brought you a bag, bro. Yeah. Burn it. Do you, oh, you're not into rhubarb. <laughs> that guy's going to get burnt. Oh, mate, do you not enjoy you the sour are, twang mate? of a rhubarb stick? It was just another, like, in your farts callback. No. Oh, nice callback, though. What's your name, sir? Tom. Tom, have you ever lit a fart, Tom? No, I'm too scared. You're too scared? Right, Tom. Lighter fart. Lighter fart. Tom, lighter fart. Come on, Lighter fart. Lighter fart. Lighter fart. Tom, lighter fart. Get up in here, Tom. What if it Assume the farting position, and there is one, and lighter fart, Tom. We could all be burnt to death. Can anyone in what this a great room... End of the can anyone in this room fart at will? That's a question. In your dreams. What a dream to have, love. <laughs> She's a lady. Whoa, 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 she's a lady. Talking about the pregnant lady. I'd love to be in those dreams. What a, what a dream to have. That, that is a dream. That's a life goal. That, that's a lady. That's how she makes sense of life. A dream I could fart at will. Because what, if you could fart at will... Sorry, I don't even have your name. What's your name? Jane, love it to meet you, Jane. Jane, you're a princess. Jane, <laughs> if you could fart at will, what would you do with that power, Jane? 
What would be the plan? Silent one in lifts. Yeah. Make people feel really uncomfortable. Beautiful. <laughs> she could do a silent one in lifts so she could make people feel uncomfortable. Like, you know, yeah. I, I can do that pretty much any time. It's not. <laughs> no, I, 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 I go pretty much can fart at will. Can you? Well, I've always got something up there. I've always got right. something in the chamber. Has anyone got a lighter on him? <laughs> Come on, let's do this. So, all, I mean, all I need from you, Rich, is what you said. Line your back. Yeah. I mean, you put your legs in the air. Um, we can edit it down. I've got my nice, I've got my nice suit on. I'm not, yeah, risk, but come I'm on, not getting fire near it. Come on, mate. It's about the fucking laugh. Come on, Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> We've got water. We'll put you out if it goes wrong. Has anyone got a lighter? Come on. And I know this one's not being filmed. Gutted. But yeah. we could film it. We could pop it online as an extra special bit behind it. There we go. <laughs> right, Rich. I'm nice. worried. I'm worried oh. it might... Uh... On, your, on your back. Don't worry, Rich. <laughs> You're in safe hands, Rich. I've done this before. I'm worried I might just follow through. That's, no, my, that's, my, main, that's, that's my main way. You follow through, there I is no think, shame in that. We've all done I don't that. Think I can do it. Trying to impress the ladies. No. No, it's not. There's nothing in there's Come nothing. Come on, Rich. On there's nothing in the chamber. No, I can, I can work them out of you, seriously. <laughs> Take your jacket off if you're worried about the damage in the jacket. No, don't worry about your trousers. They'll be fine. What are they made of? What are they made of, your trousers? Are they, are they, uh, take your tie off because that looks flammable. <laughs> I'm not asking you to wee next to me, Rich. I'm asking you to, to fart. And I'm going to set fire to it. This gentleman's filming it. Thank you. Excellent. Great. Can we get to. Great. Mate, go landscape for Christ's sake. Pop it off, start again, otherwise it, you'll end up flipping it. It'll end up being a thin strip in the middle of a landscape. Do it, landscape, then we've got two angles on it. Can we set someone on this side? Someone on this side. Can we get an overhead high up one? Just, just in case. I mean, if, if she blows, this is going to be fantastic. I don't think, I don't think it's going to come. I think you're going to have to face the audience. That's it. Yeah, no, 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 no. no this, to, through 90 degrees, that's it, that's what we need. Now, I'll just move your occasional table back a bit because I don't want to damage that. Is this real? Yes, I do. <laughs> now, first of all, on a scale... On a scale of 1 to 10, yeah. Rich, how close are you to farting? Really nowhere near. OK. It's, everything's just really restricted. <laughs> for the record, for the purpose of the podcast... I'm now moving Richard's legs up and down, like in a cycling motion, just trying to work. I've had two ba- I've had raised two babies as well, so now to work window. We're doing circles now, Rich. Are you getting closer? No, it's getting, getting closer. further away. It's going you're getting back closer. Up. Is it going back up? Yeah. How about if you really try and push? We can wait, can't we, ladies and gentlemen? They know it's going to be worth it, Rich. You hold on, hold on, there might be something. Are you near? Right, pull your legs right back. <laughs> tell, me, tell me when you go, and I'll ch- I'm going to put the lights on. Are you ready? Yeah. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> Stay calm, stay calm. Stay calm. Right, you tell me when you're going to go. 
you can't pull out of it. Come on, let's do it. Rich, this, this, mate, this will go viral. This will go so viral. Look how many cameras are on. I know. Look at this. Do you something, Richard? You're filming me back there. Get on the. Come on, I can't do it. Yeah, come on, do it. You do it. No, I can't. I can't. I haven't got any gas in me. But you're the host. This is what it needs. Mate, this, this, this will put you on the telly again. <laughs> Look at you. Look at him. He's ready for TV. He's, he's, his slim line is looking great. Are you wearing makeup? Are you wearing makeup? You look like you've got makeup on in a good way. Natural. Your hair looks great. You've got a great suit on. Come on, mate. This will put you back on the box. Come on. On your back. Let's do this. I can't do it. I haven't got, I've got nothing in there. No, you have. I have. Jump up and down a bit. If you... <laughs> When did you have the lentils? Doesn't matter about the Lunch time. 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 Fuck it. This is theatre. <laughs> <laughs> so I brought. I brought. I said, "Mine are coming the wrong way." Yeah. Just jump up and down. Jump up and down. So come on. Come on. I need a wee now, though. That's fine. I need a bit. That's gonna. That's fine. Right, back on your back. Chimney position. Let's do it. Come on. Come on. You, you thank me for this. It's, it's gonna be immense. <laughs> Put your legs right up. Tuck them up. Are you getting anything? No. Come on. Try jiggling your stomach. Like that. <laughs> Right, just doing like, you know, tummy rolls. It's Go not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Come on, Reggie. It's coming. It's going to be... Come on, don't bail on it. Come on, just see it through. Is anyone, is anyone in a rush? No, there's your answer. Come on, okay. we're going to do this. We could be a couple get, of hours. Get the, get the trousers tight round your anus. Tell me when you need it. Can, just because I don't want to check, can you put your finger where your anus is? That's the spot. X, X marks the spot. Has anyone got a piece of chalk? <laughs> I don't want to get it in the wrong place when, when you dispense. Uh, Come on, Rich. You can do it. You can do it. I really do you want me to massage your tummy? Uh, I'll massage your tummy. <laughs> relax. Relax. You're so tense. Relax. <laughs> got to relax. Come on, you're a semi-professional uh, snooker player. Come on. <laughs> bring this it up. Bring like, the this is the that could be back in Come the on. transgressive Come art on. festival with this. <laughs> It's lovely. Everything comes round in the end. It's all full circle, isn't it? Go on, Rich. You're close. You're close? Come on. Please be close. Come on. Come I've on, got, Rich. I've you can got, do it. I've got bum shyness. <laughs> the one time you get shy. Well, all one... the things you've said on the stage, Rich, and on this podcast, and now you're getting shy. Come on. Come on. You can do it. Come on. Come on. Oh, if the people listening at home to this, I'm so glad this... Just like yeah, yeah, so Rich, yeah, just like paint a picture with words. Richard's lying on his back in front of 400 people in Wakefield, and I'm massaging his stomach in a circular motion. Uh, enjoy your journey wherever you're travelling to. Whether you're listening, listening to this at work. I can't fart at will. I feel free. Now. I can't feel free to fart along at home as well. Uh, Remembering to stay away from any neck curtains. <laughs> right, Rich. Not gonna you get, no, no, now pull your legs up. But did one try. Come on, really push. That's the spot, is it there? Yeah. Tell me when, tell me when you to go, Nothing's and I'm going to put coming. the light back. Come on, Nothing's even if we get a little one, it'd be absolutely amazing. <laughs> Just even if it's like the smallest little. Don't you dare! Roll onto yeah. your front! <laughs> I'm not doing it. I can't Has anyone else got one brewing? Come on, get up for you. I'll light anyone's farts tonight. Come on. Jane, Jane, are you wearing jeans? Come on, Janie. Come on, Janie. Come on, Rich. If, you, if someone does one, you'll want to do it. I'm not going to let this go. Come on. Come on. Who's, anyone got one brewing? Anyone feeling a bit gassy today? Just, just 
Put you under. Bring Ricky Wilson back. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Rich. We can't. We can't. I'm taking back control. I'm taking back control. We're Brexiting this. It's on, what the people here want, you and this Go is on. what they're going to get. Come on. No, we're going. On, Ladies and gentlemen. Come on. Come on. Come on, Rich. Come on. I really, once I stood up, I nearly had one, but I'm... Give up. No, you nearly had one. You nearly had one. Come on. Come on, do it. Come on. Don't put the jacket on. It'll get burnt. It's going back. Come on. It's going back. No, 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 no. Come on. Come on. Please. 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 Rich. Rich. I'm a 52-year-old man, nearly. Rich. I'm dressed up in a suit. Rich. I thought this is it. I'm meeting Rich. Kay Mellon's turning around. I'm going to play a pimp in a... <laughs> then this all, ruined it. All the sadness. Oh. She's never going to give me a job now. You're right. Come on. Not happening. You, you, Ladies you, and gentlemen. You've got, you've got too emotional. Come on. Come on, Rich. Come on. I'm not doing it. It's not over. It's it not is over. over. I'm going, no, I'm over. going to I'm the I'm going to around with the lights on. <laughs> Come on. Come on, I brought you... Oh, eat some sprout. Eat some. The, the plant will survive if you eat that sprout leaf. They're really sweet. Eat that. Eat that. Eat that. The magic sprout. The power of the sprout, Rich. Come on. It's nice, it, though. It's sweet, isn't yeah, it? No. Yeah, it's fresh, yeah. Mm. Here we go. <laughs> Just need to put some fuel in the fire. You know what I mean? Fuel the engine. Go on, Rich. Stop looking at your watch. I was trying to wrap up 25 minutes ago. On your watch, it says fart o'clock. Come on. <laughs> Come on. I'm not doing it. Come on, do it. I'm not, Come on, do it's it. not going to happen. Come on, Rich. Just one more time. One more time. Now you've had the rip. Now you've had the leaf. Come on. Just one more time. I'm not going to let this go. Need to understand that about you. Can ring it in. He'll tell you that won't stop. Come on. I'm gonna put your arms up in there. Not gonna. I I need a wee too much to do. Go and have a wee. We'll just wait. Go and have a wee. (laughs) If I go and have a wee, you won't see me. You wait, won't you? Have a wee. Yeah, exactly. They're fine. I'll go and have a wee and back at the hotel. I've got a biscuit in my back pocket. Do you want that? Will that help? Come on, come on, Rich. Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, will you please give a loud big round of applause to Robert? You have been listening to Rahalasta Pa with me, Rich Terring, and my guest, Rob Rouse. Thank you to Pest for providing the music. Thank you for the Long Division Festival in Wakefield and the Wakefield Theatre Royal for providing a space to do this wonderful recording. Thank you to everyone at GoFasterStripe.com. Thank you to everyone at ACAST, everyone at the British Comedy Guide. Thanks to my mum and dad for having me. That was very nice of you. Oh, just imagine you having sex. That's ruined everything. Thank you to my producers, who I'm indebted to, James Hingley and Ben Walker. And this is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStripe.com production. Go to GoFasterStripe.com. You can buy lots of cool DVDs and downloads and books from me and lots of other people. Go to Rahalaspa.co.uk and you can be a member if you like and get loads of bonus extras, including stand-up shows, the backstage interviews we do, entry into a prize draw. Loads of stuff is brilliant. See you later. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Thanks for listening. Go to GoFasterStrike.com for all your download needs. Thank you to Chris Evans, as always. Not that one, uh, for the spectacular work he does on all of these podcasts. Uh, RichardHerring.com for all your gigs needs as well. Thanks for listening. Listen to another one. Go on, I dare you.